Our hearts are made glad that we are here tonight to honor our God through worship and praise. We have been blessed by the music ministries of the Forest and Christ's churches. Tonight, let's give God the praise. He gives us something to sing about. And we are grateful. Certainly, I am humbled and honored to have been asked to come and to share tonight in this observance of the pre-anniversary service for the third year pastoral ministry of Pastor Jamal and Lady Amber. This is no small thing to my spirit, for certainly my heart is made glad to look back over the many years that I've been in this community and to see Forrest growing and glowing and going. Amen. We have come tonight to lift the name of Jesus and to hear a word from him. I want tonight to reflect from two passages of scripture. The first is found in Psalm 23. And I'll read select verses of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And then if you would join me at 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, beginning with verse 31, 1 Corinthians 10, beginning with verse 31, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God, give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved, be ye followers of me, even as I also am followers of Christ. From these passages, I want to talk on the subject, follow the leader. Follow the leader. Now, 
The Lord has brought to this church and to this community a man of God being molded, shaped, developed, and prepared for this assignment. You have known him, and in these three years, you've come to understand following the leader that the divine leader has assigned to you. Someone might be under the impression that you as a church called the pastor, but that is not true because invariably somebody in the church, maybe tonight, might have felt more inclined for someone else. So the church calling the pastor is not the entire reason for the pastor being called, but the Lord, the divine leader, exercise divine intervention and in his scheme of things has so allowed Pastor Jamal to be sent to you as your leader and your pastor for such a time as this. Follow the leader. Now, as children, I'm sure we all played the game, follow the leader. I don't know if children today are doing that with all the other games out, but Many of us remember the game, follow the leader. For that moment, it was a fun exercise for the leader to decide which way he would go. And it was a fun exercise and experience for the followers to figure out just what the leader was going to do next and then move in that direction. But later on, I discovered that this thing called leading and following is not always fun. There are two components in our lives that call, these are two components that cause more stress, anxiety, frustration, and discouragement than we would ever desire to experience. A primary issue for the church in this area is that we need to understand that in the world, man has a format for leading and following, and man uses this format to divide and separate into classes and develop status and prestige and exercise power and control over others and to distribute wealth based on these two positions of existence, leading or following. But we need to understand that in the body of Christ, the Lord has his format for leading and following. The Lord uses this format to build up and to edify and encourage, to promote fellowship inspire unity, love, togetherness, and spiritual companionship. And the Lord uses his format to equip and to develop. So you see, as the Lord sees this leading and following thing, all of us are under Christ. And in the body of Christ, all followers of Christ lead others to follow Christ. Uh, Am I right about it? Uh, uh, You see, uh, all, amen, all of us are merged together as one. And in the body of Christ, all leaders are followers of Christ. In the body of Christ, all followers of Christ lead others to follow him. So in Christ, all leaders are followers and all followers are leaders. When following the leader as a child, we learned that as we were following the leader, we were leading the person behind us. Throughout antiquity in the scriptures, God has raised up leaders, leaders like Adam and Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Saul, 
David, Solomon, the the, there were leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were prophets. There were priests. There were judges. And there were kings. Leadership was all through the Bible. I tell you, Forrest, there's always been some leaders who did some wrong. And there are always leaders who did some right. The leadership in the Bible has always been with good and evil, right and wrong, justice and injustice, righteousness and wickedness. Leadership in the Bible had made some bad choices out of good opportunities. So I don't know why sometimes we as a people find it necessary to make leadership perfect when leadership on this earth, with the exception of Christ, has never been perfect and never will be perfect. You're wrong to think that any leader that God would send you would be sinless and flawless without room for error and mistakes. As long as the devil has an address, he will be around. Satan has imps who work at his charge and direction. And the pastor will have to face Satan, uh, amen, in his life. Am I right about it? And face Satan in the lives of those around him, amen. But since nobody in here is totally immune to Satan in your own life, you ought to understand that no mercy and grace and compassion, uh, amen, upon your pastor and his family. Ephesians 6 verses 12 and 13 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take upon you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, arm yourselves with the love of Christ. Follow the leader who sent you this leader to equip you to be a leader so that you can lead others to follow Christ. The Bible talks about many examples of leadership, but the scriptures also talk about many examples of following We don't have to think long about all the examples of following. We know that Noah's family followed him into the ark and found safety from the rain. We don't have to travel long before we run into the church in the wilderness, uh, the children of Israel. Moses had the challenge of leading over two million of God's people, trying to lead them to the promised land. And the children of Israel were both good and evil. There were some who were cooperative and there were others who were cantankerous. There were some who were willing and there were others who were unwilling. Am I right about it? But just like you can look in the Bible to see leadership, we can also see followship. I'm talking about follow the leader. It takes humility. It takes patience. It takes self-denial. It takes willingness. It takes love, peace of mind, wisdom and knowledge. It takes for the Christian, the Holy Ghost, to follow the leader. Can you say amen? But I stand to tell you today, uh, my brothers and sisters, that uh, in our text, Paul gives... Uh, the, the, the thought process to help us 
understand what it means to follow. He gives the antidote for the anxiety. He gives faith for the fear. He gives uplift for the low. He does not place himself as the sole leader. But he indicates that he is not only the leader, but he's also being led. His statement goes further to state, I am not being led by the church, but I'm being led by Christ. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. Problems today arise sometimes in churches when people feel that they are in position or they are in a realm of influence to lead the man of God. And confusion and chaos will arise when the man of God seeks to be led by the church and not by Christ. There's a difference in listening to the church and being led by the church. As servants, as shepherds, we listen, we observe, we learn, we empathize, we sympathize. But the church must understand that the pastor is, first of all, the man of God. And the man of God must be led by God in order to be God's man. But if... The church understands that Christ is Lord. The church has no problem letting Christ have his rightful leadership role over the pastor. And if the church understands that Christ is Lord, is the boss, is the head over all things to the church, then the church will support every vision opportunity that Christ gives to the pastor rather than forcing the pastor to do what the church wants to do. It's time for the church to be the church. Say amen. Know our rightful place, all of us, before Christ. And the pastor must know his rightful place before Christ. Follow the leader. So I want to break this down into three parts tonight. And it goes like this. When the pastor follows Christ, when the church follows the pastor, goodness and mercy shall follow everybody forevermore. When the pastor follows Christ. 1 Peter 2, beginning with 19, it says, For this is thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it when ye are be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? But if when you do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were you called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned to the shepherd and bishop of your souls. When the pastor follows Christ, in the words of Paul, something about that following stirs others to imitate the process. 
As the pastor follows Christ, the church should see that walk and start walking the same way. Well, what is that walk? See, I'm not talking about this stuff where there are certain things that the pastor does and he's got to be the holy one. He's got to always keep from cussing. He's got to all help me, somebody. But as for me, I'm not under those constraints. I better not see him at the club, but as for me. He better not post anything derogatory on his Facebook page, but me? Help me tonight. As the pastor follows Christ, the church should see that walk, start walking the same way. What happens when the pastor follows Christ? Well, First thing I note is Christ shows us a picture of a suffering sacrifice. A suffering sacrifice. We see Christ come down from heaven at the direction of the divine plan of salvation. And this plan required that he empty himself of heaven's glory. He took upon himself the issues of humanity, the grief, the pain, the hardship, the difficulty, and the strain. And he went about doing good. But he did it not out of his comfort zone, but rather out of sacrifice. He poured out of himself so much. He extended himself to those who were sick, were empty, were burdened, full of problems, full of cares, disenfranchised, outcast, rejected, dying, souls heavy with sin. He did it out of sacrifice. Yet, even though he did so much good, delivering and healing and transforming and setting free, still he suffered. He suffered at the hands of those who did not understand him. He suffered at the hands of those who talked him down, mistreated him, ignored him, debated him, plotted against him. Yet, he went on anyhow. Well, pastors know that we will go through sacrifices. And yes, we will suffer. Not only will you have to sacrifice, not only will you suffer, but your family is subject to also suffer unnecessary roughness. People will misunderstand you, lie on you, talk about you, talk against you, isolate themselves from you, set you up for embarrassment, roast you, cook you, call you everything but a child of God when they cannot have their way. They act up, act out, fall out, threaten you, try to dig stuff up on you, cast seeds of doubt on your ability to lead. But all of this will happen when the pastor follows Christ. Seems to come with the territory. Next thing we note is Christ shows us a picture of surrender that leads to submission. Jesus came as he did to, uh, because he had first surrendered to his father's will. He went through the sacrifice in his life and at his death he suffered as he did at the hands of evil men because he had first surrendered. 
then he was able to submit to the tasks at hand. Well, when the pastor follows Christ, he has to first surrender to the master. It had to be none of self and all of Christ. Not just obey him, but surrender to him. Amen. So you can't pastor until you are sold out to the master. Am I right about it? He has to have total access to everything about our heart, our head, and our hands. See, what you feel, what you think, and what you do, he's got to superintend all of that. And when he has that, he has no problem with guiding the mouth with what he can speak through the pastor. There have been times, amen, when he's caused my mind to go blank just so he can strictly give me the things to say. But all of this will happen when the pastor follows Christ. Surrender that leads to continual submission to his will, his word, and way. And then Christ shows us a picture of sanctification that results in solitude. Sanctification that results in solitude. Christ understood that because of who he was... He was set apart, sanctified to fulfill the purpose of God. He was sanctified to do his father's will. This meant that because of such sanctification, he had to experience solitude. Some of this solitude was self-directed. He would steal away from the rat race long enough to have his own time with the Lord to refocus, regroup, refresh, rest, rejuvenate, release, renew, restore, and rebuild. And not only would his sanctification lead to this self-directed solitude, but there were times when because of his focus, because of who he was and what he was called to do, he had to experience loneliness. There were lonely times, amen, when even the disciples who were closest to him did not seem to get it. They seemed to be ignorant and crazy at the very time he expected them to understand. When the pastor is following Christ, he too will have to realize that he has been sanctified to a special calling and purpose. And while it's good to bond with the flock and know where the flock is flocking, still it's necessary to understand that the pastor has been sanctified and set apart to do the business of God. I'd love to be more familiar with my members, but I know at some point in time, I have to be able to correct situations. Help me, somebody. Amen. When the pastor is following Christ, he too will have to realize this sanctified purpose. Amen. And, 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 and this can lead to ongoing solitude. Solitude from friends, family, and foe. So, so you can be sure to hear from heaven. But if you let the pastor hear from heaven, then you can be fed. And if you are fed, you will have faith. And when you have faith, then you can move mountains. So you have to respect the need for the solitude. He, he needs time alone with God to do the things that Christ did. Why? Because he's following Christ. There will be times, Pastor Williams, and feel alone. Wife won't know how to comfort your children. Won't know what to say. Deacons, trustees, choirs, members, ushers. Nobody 
be able to touch the place where you are. Amen. You'll feel like Moses on top of Mount Sinai. People accuse you of being arrogant, out of touch, isolated. But remember, you're following Christ, not following the church. Don't be afraid of the lonely times, those isolated times, because it is at those times when God will be the closest to you. Now, when the church follows the pastor, there are some results of the pastor following Christ, and then there are some developments that will take place. See, when you see a pastor that's willing to go through the sacrifice, the suffering, the surrender, the submission, the sanctification, the solitude, it ought to move the church to also get in line with Christ. The church ought to be compelled to act right, talk right, live right, cause less confusion, give up gossip, study the word, pray without ceasing, sing joyfully, give liberally, serve diligently, help willingly. Once you see so much Jesus, you ought to be moved by the love of Christ. Just like the pastor is walking. The church will walk. Walk in the spirit of Christ. This means walking in love. Ephesians 5, 1 and following. Be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. The love of Christ is what will keep the church strong, stable, and secure. The love of Christ is what will keep the church in peace, purity, and partnership. The love of Christ is what will keep the church faithful, fulfilled, and fruitful. Walk in love. Love that is unconditional, love that's unfeigned, love that is pure, peaceable, filling, thrilling, love that's compassionate, caring, good and great, and love that's edifying and excellent. Walk in love. Don't grumble, don't backbite, don't devour one another. Forgive each other. Pray for each other. Get along with each other. Study the word with each other and grow in grace and knowledge with each other. Church has to be committed, walking in love. And then the walking in the spirit of Christ means that the church will walk in the light. You can't have love without light. Ephesians 5, 8. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. So the church that follows the pastor who is following Christ is a church that's not interested in dealing in darkness. The church is walking in the light. Why? Because they are light. And wherever they walk, darkness flees. And this happens to be a problem for some because they want to abide in the company of the believers and still hide in the darkness of their souls. And the least bit of light that comes shining in frightens them off like roaches. 
And they may be folks who may leave the church. The issue could revolve around the fact that the light of the true believers is running them off like roaches. They realize that where I used to run down people, I can't find anybody to badmouth with. Where I used to criticize and tear down, it seems like nothing is around to accommodate their appetite for such behavior. Where they used to get on the parking lot and conduct parking lot plot sessions, it seems like everyone around them is smiling and still shouting and on their way somewhere to eat. They don't have time to mingle in darkness anymore. Church that's following the pastor, that's following Christ, must all in one accord have an agreement that the light must shine. No more darkness. This is what happens when we walk in the spirit of Christ, just like the pastor is walking, the church is walking. And then walk in the sustenance of Christ. When the children of Israel were following Moses in the wilderness, God made sure that every need they had, uh-oh, Every need they had, every need, didn't say want, every need they had was provided. They did not lack for anything that they needed to survive in the wilderness wandering. 1 Corinthians 10, beginning in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. How that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea and were all baptized under Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. I'm I'm trying to get somewhere. See, when the children of Israel followed Moses, God blessed them with all blessings they needed. And the key to their sustenance was that they stuck with Moses. They stood by Moses. They followed Moses. I said the key to their sustenance. The key to their sustenance. Huh? I've seen over the years that folk that rebel have the hardest time. Help me somebody. And in following Moses, who was following the directions uh, that God was giving him to the best of his ability, everyone got the blessing. They got a blessing of the cloud. Cloud by day to shield them. Cloud by day to bless them. Cloud by day to let them know that God was with them. Cloud by day to direct them and show them the way. And then fire by night. Fire by night to protect them. Fire by night to warm them. Fire by night to keep the pestilence away from them. Fire by night to keep the predators back. God was providing for them when they followed Moses. He gave them everything they needed. Shoes that didn't wear out. Manna and quail from the heavens. When the church follows the pastor, the church will walk in the sustenance of Christ. 
Christ was the rock for the children of Israel. Christ is the rock for the church today. He will provide every need. He will protect from danger seen and unseen. Where the Lord guides, the Lord provides. And his direction is our protection. Your homes, your families will be blessed abundantly when you follow the pastor as he follows Christ. Your finances will be sustained and grow when you follow the pastor as he follows Christ. Your health and wellness can be maintained when you follow the pastor who is following Christ. You may be in the wilderness. You may be wandering about. Help me somebody. You may be in a situation. But let me tell you something. In the midst of the wilderness, the Lord will take care of you. When the church follows the pastor, everybody receives more than enough to make it. Have I a witness here? Well, when the pastor follows Christ, and when the church follows the pastor, Goodness and mercy shall follow everybody forevermore. The whole church can say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down. In green pastures, he leadeth me beside uh, uh, the still waters, and he restored my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley. Of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, yes, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Are y'all praying with me? Thou knowest my head with all, and my cup runneth over. Surely, oh, surely, surely, oh, surely, surely, goodness, surely, goodness, no doubt about it. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When the pastor follows Christ, when the church follows the pastor, you don't have to worry 
because God in heaven has got your back. You do your job. You follow Christ. And I declare the Lord will give you two sheepdogs, goodness and mercy to follow you, to pursue you, to keep up with you, to clean up your mistakes, to throw out your trash, to keep the devil from gaining on your tail. Surely, goodness, surely, mercy, yes, shall pursue me when I'm in pain, goodness and mercy. When I am concerned, goodness and mercy. When I'm lonely, goodness and mercy. When my money is funny and my change is strange, I got goodness and mercy. When I get tired, I got goodness and mercy. When I am burdened, I've got goodness and mercy. When my heart is sad, I got goodness and mercy. When there's a vision to cast, I've got goodness and mercy. When there's sickness in the land, I've got goodness and mercy. When the members pass away, I've got goodness and mercy. When the children rebel, when Satan tries to stop me, when enemies try to hurt me, when folk get jealous, when I don't know what to do next, I've got goodness and mercy. Yes! Oh, yes! Yes! Oh, yes! Yes! Goodness and mercy shall follow me. That rock is Jesus. That rock is the lily of the valley. That rock is my shelter in a time of storm. I'm so glad I keep my eyes on Jesus. Yes. 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 Oh, 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 yeah, yes. I want to make you see this thing because I think somebody missed it. I'm talking about follow the leader. Follow the leader. Now, I got somebody that needs to come and represent Jesus. I want you to stand right here. Who's going to represent Jesus for me? Yeah, you're going to represent my Lord. You're going to represent him. Hallelujah. Now, what I want you to do is turn around. What I've been talking about, follow the leader. Who's the leader? Jesus. I said, who's the leader? Jesus. Help me, somebody. Now, I want pastor to come. I want you to stand right behind her. Because see what I want you to what I want you to represent there's a difference in going behind somebody and following them. There's a difference. 
What's the difference? Well, I could be walking. I want you to just walk, walk in front of me just for a minute. And I can be walking behind him doing all this. All right. Now, I may be going behind him, but I'm not following him. Are y'all following me? <laughs> so come back. Come back. Because I want the church to understand this thing here. All right. So now we got Jesus. See, following means to imitate exactly what the person in front of you is doing. Not just going behind them. See, we got a lot of church folk that just going behind the pastor. But they ain't following. And you fronting like you following. But you ain't following. You got your own agenda. Nobody else may know about it. But your cell phone knows about it. Your email knows about it. Help me somebody. He may not even know. So what I'm, I want you to understand this thing. I'm going to represent the church. She's represent Jesus. And you are the pastor. You represent yourself. Now our job is to follow Jesus. But the only way I can see Jesus sometime. Because see, he's here. He's leading me. And I have to be able to trust that the movements he's making match what Jesus is doing because I'm so close I can't see how many of y'all been driving behind the semi and you trust that whoever's in front of that semi they know what they're doing and the semi driver knows what he's doing why you can't see the vehicle sometime in front sometimes we are so burdened and sometimes we are so stressed we can't quite see Jesus over our flesh but God gives us a spiritual leader to model what Jesus is doing. Amen. Amen. Now, his job is not to turn around and pay attention to me. I want you to see what I just finished preaching. He loves the church. He cares for the church. But when it comes to following... Help me, somebody. So now, Jesus is going to walk, and whatever Jesus does, the pastor's going to do, and then whatever the pastor does, the church is going to do. Ready? Set? Go! Jesus tonight. Praise the Lord. 